This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. A million beers! So Chris, you have a beard, don't you? I do have a beard. I do not have a beard. Sometimes I have a mustache, but I try and keep it. I try and keep it waxed and sharp looking. God. All right. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. It's all You're good. You're welcome, so, listeners. So this story, this story I got from, uh, this story I got from the Huffington Post. And oh, some reliable source. It was really right? full. Okay, it's from a journal article. It links back to a journal article. But so this is the title of the journal article, Okay. Quote, and this is from mm-hmm. the Journal of European Radiology, 2019, February, uh, right? Radiology, okay. So, European radiologists are doing this, okay. So, quote, would it be mm-hmm. safe to have a dog in the MRI scanner before your own examination? A multi-center center study to establish hygiene facts related to dogs and men, end quote. So, uh, the abstract here, objectives, to determine whether it would be <laughs> hygienic to evaluate dogs and humans in the same MRI scanner. Methods. We compared the bacterial load in colony-forming units of human pathogenic microorganisms in specimens taken from 18 men and 30 dogs. Results. Our study shows a significantly higher bacterial load in specimens taken from men's beards compared with dogs' fur. All of the men showed high microbial counts, whereas only 23 of the 30 dogs had high microbial counts and 7 dogs moderate microbial counts. Furthermore, human pathogenic microorganisms were more frequently found in human beards than in dog fur, although the difference did not reach statistical significance. More microbes were found in human oral cavities than in dog oral cavities. After MRI of dogs, routine scanner disinfection was undertaken and the CFU or uh, colony forming units found in specimens isolated from the MRI scanning table and receiver coils showed significantly lower bacterial count compared with human MRI scanners. Conclusions. Our study shows that bearded men harbor significantly higher burden of microbes and more human pathogenic strains than dogs. As the MRI scanner used for both dogs and humans was routinely cleaned after animal scanning, there was substantially lower bacterial load compared with scanners used exclusively for humans. (laughs) And so this this article has key points. One, bearded men harbor significantly more microbes than dogs. Two, dogs are no risk to humans if they use the same MRI. Three, deficits in hospital hygiene are a relevant risk for patients. Four, dogs are good boys. Yes, they such are. Such good, good boys. boys. This, is just, good this is just such an insane, like, I, I love this. I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't even know where to unpack this, considering, like, I, I actually do know a little something, a tiny little something about MRIs because it has something to do with my work. But, like, you clean and sanitize those things after every use anyways, right? I mean, like, it's not like you're just not doing that, right? And it's like, I I don't understand. So I don't understand in Europe, like, what, were they just like, hey, you know what? We think we could maybe just double down on this and just have a veterinarian and a hospital you know, a medical office share an MRI? And how many, how 
often are dogs getting MRIs as compared to humans? So, so like, actually, are you MRI, like, what? What's interesting with this one is so, so Katie, so my my wife is uh-huh. in school, hoping to become oh, a yeah. radiologist for animals. So oh this is gosh. this is the kind of thing that you know she would yeah. be interested in. Now, what's so first off, okay. What's interesting here is this has this this paper has like a bunch of authors, right? Um, some so the, the first author is in one from, of them's name is Mittens, Doctor Mittens. <laughs> the first author is from the Department of Radiology at the Paracelsus Medical University, Salzburg, Austria. Um, what's really funny here too is that inside of this, uh, what's the word? Inside of this here, uh, you know, every paper worth its salt has a, an area that it says where funding comes from. So this one says funding. The authors state that this work has not received any funding. Well, I sure hope not. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it doesn't sound what I, so, okay, here's the only sensible, the only thing I could figure out of why they would do this, right. Was, um, somebody lost a bet and they had to, they had an MRI, a dog. I don't know. I mean, like, is it, the dog's not even going to sit still. Is it, is it like, is it, um, sedated well okay no so okay okay let's let's get to the beginning here first okay the logistics i haven't even gotten to the beard part like the logistics of like you know trying to get you know trying to get uh your dog into like like a jack russell terrier into an mri just to me is like that's a fool's errand to begin with that dog is just gonna like rip the thing apart so so the 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 first reason i could think of why they would want um what's the word why they would say want to do this study in the first place is maybe they can create uh-huh. central locations where it's like they'll do animals and humans at once. Do you know what I'm saying? But do, yeah, but like, is there such a need? Like, there's a need for people. Yes, people get MRIs like a lot, but do animals? Yeah, so animals can get MRIs. Right? I mean, that's partly. Well, they can. Yeah, like animals can get MRIs. They, they do them. I mean, it's not a lot. Okay. Like, well, here's the thing, right? As people get, I mean, so Katie wants to be a rad, an animal radiologist. Yeah. Right. Yes. As yes. as people make more money, they're gonna right. spend it on stuff that they care about, and one of those things is animals, right? And so, I mean, you'd be surprised, right? Like ten years ago, no one would think of giving cancer treatment for a dog. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Ryan or a cat. Right. You know what I mean? Today, right. people do that stuff all the time because it's getting cheaper. Um, the the quality aftercare is a lot better. Like the 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 standard of living of the animals afterwards is a lot higher. You know all of that stuff. So I can definitely see. And and so another answer to your question before, at least as far as I understand it, they can sedate the animals before they do the MRI, right? Because you got to be still. You know yes. what I mean? But that's yeah. why they do a lot of other testing on. That's why they do a lot of other stuff for animals too. Besides, like, say, MRIs, right? Right. But the general, I guess, the general answer here or, I mean, I don't know why they would do this study at all. I mean, it's, it's a paper they oh, have their name on. And then what they came out of it, what they came out of it was, wasn't was even, like, the need or, like, hey, so 
even like the aftercare, like to your point, like what is the life expectancy if we can use an MRI to early diagnose or to even not even diagnose, but even for treatment? Like if we use it for, uh, you know, a radiopharmaceutical treatment for cancer and it's being read off of an MRI for animals, is it is it a better outcome in the long term than some other method? Right. But it's a it's talking about hygiene with dudes with beards. Yeah, it's not even it's not even almost what you would expect. Like why and so 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 if if you don't mind if we if we can now unpack that part of it. So how is the beard any different than like a head of hair? Closer to the face. Closer to the face, but like what why it's, you're, so you're, that's, you're keeping there's mus- more microbes? You're keep you're keeping soup particles and stuff. <sighs> and like candy I, and, and and chocolate and stuff. You, what you're just hiding a hole? You're hiding a whole smorgasbord. I mean, you're not, you're you're not hiding it. It just it just gets there during the day, and then you know once you're getting hungry during the day, you can just start taking licks and stuff. I mean, it's it's very sensible to Marie Marie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's such a weird. It's such a strange. Like we already know, um, we already know that dogs' mouths are cleaner than human mouths. I mean, it's why yes. it's so much worse to get bit yes. by a human than a dog. I mean, that's. Especially, that's what's going to put you into an MRI. Yeah, that's part number one, right? So we already knew that part. The other part where, I mean, it just seems like all these authors can't grow beards. And there's. Yeah, maybe they're beard haters, man. Maybe they're like an anti lumberjack beard hater. Just super serious. Like that. So this, this actually, this story, this story made me want to bring up a larger point. Which was uh, okay. something yes. that I actually touched on on Spaced Out Radio, um, which I do second Wednesday of every month, right? Um, a lot, you know, it's a, it's a live broadcast, whatever. Uh, check it out if you haven't yet. They're on YouTube too. But so one of the questions from a listener was, you know, like, what? why do we care about this black hole study? Right? Because it's the coolest thing ever. And well, and so the part, the part of it that I kind of wanted to bring up here and, you know, studies uh-huh. like this. Uh-huh. make everyone in science look like a bunch of idiots. You know, like really, really they do, right? And so, you know, I mean. Like a bunch of like, like I don't know, I don't know how good this journal is that published this article or how good these researchers are that published it or went to get it published or whatever. But this is the kind of stuff that should never make it into a meet. I mean, this isn't as bad as some other stuff I've seen. Right. With publishing and everything. But this is the kind of article or, you know, we're just sitting here and trying to scratch our heads and think, why the heck, you know, why would you even do this study in the first place? Like, what what is the yeah. benefit? What is the benefit you're trying to do to get right. out of this? Study? There, there isn't. There isn't. No, one. there, there isn't. isn't. I mean, and, there isn't. One. And a lot of the times what you find with these weird, like tangential papers like this or with these uh-huh. weird, like one off papers is they are very tangential to another study. Right. So maybe they were doing a work where, um, you know, they were they wanted to use an MRI for humans on animals to help them save some money or something. And so just in that study, they found, oh, well, look, this is kind of publishable results. Uh, Look, the guys with beards are a lot less. You know, there's a lot more microbes in the guys with beards than on the dogs. Isn't that kind of funny? Let's publish it. Right. But it has no, you know, it's just tangential. Right. Um, Yeah. I don't even know, like, I don't even know where to start because even if a, a dog MRI, it would be different than an MRI for that were that's run on people. I mean, it would be different. It would be a totally, it would be a different setup. It would be the same sort of 
uh, well, you, you would know, be the same sort of coils and the same sort of Tesla, like like a one point five and a three. It would be the, that type of thing. I would I would assume, but like it would probably be less expensive because it also doesn't have to. I don't think it has to go through the FDA. Well, for pets or animals. Well, you would Does think it? we should ask I, I Katie. That's I a good question. What kind of regulatory is behind that? I don't know, but you would think at least that if you were going to have one for animals, you could just have one. Right. Like, you you know, yeah. there's in a lot of states have this where there are there are centralized animal hospitals at each state, essentially, that mm-hmm. can get a lot of that kind of stuff. Right. So, I mean, and it's, sometimes it's a couple mm-hmm. of states like in New England. There's one in Boston that's uh, that's huge that gets in a lot of that kind of stuff that does do like the MRIs and all this other stuff and whatever. That's the kind of thing where, again, though, you would yeah. think, well, maybe you only need one MRI for dogs or for just for animals generally. Right. And then yeah. that's where you're doing those kind of studies. So I just I saw this paper. I saw this article and it made me angry. And especially with this week of people, you know, uh, just people don't understand science people and publishing and, beards. and how it works and like why the process is the way it is and all this other stuff. And so it just made me really annoyed to see this article pop up in my um you know, in my looking at the, at the articles during the day. So anyways, and I don't understand too, really quickly, like an MRI is maybe not the right technology. I mean, what would, but like a a pet CT or a spec CT or like some sort of gamma camera, right. That, you know, it's like, there's different kind of radiology equipment that you could use to do something that's not exactly like a MR, but somewhat similar. Yeah, well, the thing so, the thing is too that a lot of how the, about the microbes on that? And are microbes bad necessarily? I mean, they're just like germs, right? I mean, like they're not. It's not like they're you know they're they're scion pathogens generally, you're walking around with. Well, right? I'm assuming. I don't know. I mean, it's not like they're great, but it's like the thing is that I think the idea is that if 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 some of them can grow, then then any of them can really grow, right? <sighs> so it's kind of the idea that we always have dangerous bacteria on us at all times. But a lot of the times our body is fighting them off and we don't really realize it. So when you have a hospital mm-hmm. where someone might be mm-hmm. immunocompromised mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. just have a different microbial microbioflora than you do, um, they might mm-hmm. get affected differently than you will. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. but it's just such a silly it's just such a silly paper. It's such an unnecessary paper, um, such an well, unnecessary thing. It's not even really a full paper. Still, no, but you're still a good boy, Chris. Great you're boy. still a good boy. I'm going to go and shampoo my beard now. Uh, All right. Cool. (laughs) Thanks, listeners. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.